Welcome to the Social University Podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today because we want to help business owners, entrepreneurs, and people just like you who want to build their business online. Listen, if we can do it, you can do it. So let's go. Good morning. I'm Karen Taradis with Social U, and it is time for What's Up Wednesday, where we come to you every single Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. to talk about social media tips, tricks, and trends. And boy, when we go live, we go live. So this month, we have some some topics we haven't covered in a while. So just to give you a heads up about what's coming this month, today, we're going to talk about cybersecurity and how to stay safe online. Next week, we're going to talk about updates and new players. There's several very new things that are happening right now that you guys need to be aware of. Next week, the following week, March the 15th, why go live, how going live can grow your business. March the 22nd, you deserve a seat at the table overcoming imposter syndrome. And the last Wednesday of this month, I'm going to do live Q&A. You can ask me anything you want to live. I will field questions on any topic. So let's go ahead and get started for today. Cybersecurity and how to stay safe online. These numbers were very disturbing to me. Consumers reported losing... (laughs) Almost 8.8 billion, billion with a B, to scams and frauds in 2022, and that number is up 30% over 2021. In the United States, 1 in 10 adults will fall victim to a scam or fraud every single year. 1.3 million children have their identity stolen every year. Fraud ballooned during COVID-19 pandemic as um, con artists preyed on fear and confusion, and those numbers just never came down. Uh, Imposter scams are the most prevalent form of fraud in 2021. They may include romance. Romance scams are up in in a major way this last year. Um, But in 2021, it may include romance scams as well as people falsely claiming to be a government official, relative in distress, a well-known business or a technical support expert or a famous person. I've had several instances where I've heard from different sources that seniors are being targeted for, uh, as I'm trying to think of the best way to say that, they're victims not only of romance scams, because that is definitely growing, but they think that they're talking to famous people like a Kid Rock or a Johnny Depp. They think that those famous personalities are contacting them online and they're, they're giving them information they don't need to have. Younger Americans tend to be fraud targets most frequently, but really and truly, it's your over 70 that's growing the most and they lose the most money. They are the most likely to lose money. The t- Typically, the person over 80, they'll lose somewhere around $1,500 or sometimes triple or even quadruple that than someone in their 20s. Th- those numbers are terrible. So let's talk about how you can stay safe, how you can protect yourself, and how to make this work for you. Because no matter how old you are, no matter where you are, you can still be a victim of fraud. And I have multiple examples that have literally happened to me or a client of mine in the last 30 days. So it's not like it's going away. Let's talk about it. Okay, number one, the first thing you can do is use a, sec- a secure browser. Please use Chrome. Chrome is the most secure browser. Gmail, most of the time, has great security. You can do a two-part, two-step verification. It's the best browser to use. Safari can be kind of glitchy. And if you're still using the browser that has the little E on it, you need to step into the now. Same thing with emails. If you are using an AOL or a Yahoo email, 
I, I know it may be sentimental to you. It may be something you've had for 15 years. It is time for Gmail. It is the most secure form of email. And it's time if you have not been using it and you are still, you still have a Yahoo, a Bell South and AOL, it's time for a Gmail. Number two, passwords. And I get a lot of pushback on passwords, but let me tell you what, they need to be unique. They need to be long and they need to be changed often. I feel like I have been able to protect my accounts and my company because I am such a nut about our passwords. I have unique passwords for every single thing I log into. I use a different login, especially, I can't stress this enough, for your financial accounts. You cannot... You can, but don't use the same password on your Wells Fargo that you would on Hallmark.com because why? while Wells Fargo and PayPal and Venmo have a much higher security, Hallmark.com, Starbucks.com, they may not. So by having unique passwords for each individual account you have, you're taking a step to protect yourself. By introducing case-sensitive letters, you're including a layer of protection, by including a number, by including a symbol, by making it more than 12 digits long. These are all added layers of protection. And you can literally take your account from being hacked in two hours to hacked in 30 days. They don't want to mess with something that's going to take them 30 days. They want to go for the easy one that uses the exact same password on every single thing they do. They, and, and you know people who do this. They use the same password for every single thing, or they use a ver- variation of the same password on every single thing. So it's it's really important that you use different passwords. There's a random password generator online that's available. If you can't, if you're not, don't feel like you're up to just randomly generating your own, use that one. And even then I change digits and numbers so that it's not exactly what was suggested to me. We have a question from Becky. So don't just sign in with Google or sign in with Facebook. Oh, I'm about to get to that. Um, That's the devil. Seriously, the devil signing in with Facebook, it will cost you. And we're going to talk about that too. Okay. If you have trouble keeping up with your passwords, yes, you can write them down. But most people who do that, they tape it to their computer, which loses some of the edge of the security if the password is right there next to your account. So um, we will include in this presentation a link for how to maintain passwords. I found a cool list of password keepers on Forbes.com, and I'll put that link in the comments so that you guys can go through and pick. iPasswords is a good one. If, if you want to go old school and write it down, that's fine. A lot of passwords, you can make them look like phone numbers if you want to hide what they are. I do have them hidden in my computer. Of course, they're not called passwords because that would be crazy. But yeah, if you need to write them down, write them down. Looks like we have a pass, uh, password. Looks like we have a password. Looks like we have a question. Madison, what's the question? How do you feel about a digital password keeper? I'm all about digital password keepers if they are secure. Again, I have a Forbes list of password keepers that I will share with you guys in a link in the comments to this live. They have a list of eight different password keepers. Go through and take a look and pick the one that works best for you. Now, can you keep this information in your phone, maybe in notes? Sure. You can keep it in an email. Sure, you can keep it in a document. If you're going to do that, that's not super secure, especially if your phone isn't password protected. So I would I would very much suggest that you don't do that. Ideally, you want to use a secure password keeper so that it's secure from everyone, including if your phone is stolen. Think about that. If your phone is stolen and you have a document labeled passwords, you're in big trouble. 
Just bear that in mind. Okay, number three, you want to use a two-step verification whenever it's available. I have two-step verification enabled on Facebook, Instagram, Gmail, seriously Gmail. That is the one that is connected to a lot of my other accounts. So I change that password frequently. I keep it updated frequently like every 30 days. And we have a two-step verification that goes to my phone so I can tell if someone's trying to log into my Gmail. Anything you can do to add a level of security for yourself. Number four, keep personal information limited and secure. That includes your birthday. If I have your date of birth, I can get a lot of information about you online. A lot. I can run a background check with just your name and your date of birth and the city that you live in. It's okay to have your birthday available, not the year. Don't don't share the year. If you're going to, don't share your address your home address. Don't share your personal cell phone number. Do not share your kids' names and where they go to school. That is, you know, kidnapper's dream. These first day of school picks, our kids starting the first grade, our kids starting fifth grade. This is my kid's name. This is what they look like. This is what their backpack looks like with their name on it. This is where they go to school. That is so dangerous. Now, I'm not saying I didn't take first day of school picks never at the school and never will you find my son's name mentioned on any of my accounts because I don't, it's not safe. So I'm not going to do it. Anytime I refer to him, you'll always see me referring to him as mini me. I do that for a reason. I'm not trying to be funny. I want to protect his identity. And I have been very careful as he has grown older to get his permission to post his image. I'm never just going to randomly post something because that stuff never goes away. Posting is forever. So even if you go back and delete it, if somebody had the forethought to screen capture it, it it's going to last forever and nothing's really deleted. So be careful and really take into consideration what you are posting before you post it. Okay. Number five, check your privacy settings. I do have a feature on Facebook. I don't, if I'm posting, you have to be friends with me to see my posts. I very rarely make things open to everybody. Again, it's just a a level of security. Now, as a business owner, that's what your business page is for. Make your business page accessible to everyone. Make your business Instagram available to everyone. But your personal should be just that. It should be personal and it should stay personal. Okay, number six, browse safely. Yes, you're on a secure browser and that's great. But there are other things to maintain, keep in mind as you are on the internet looking around. First and foremost, you want to use a secure connection. If you're at O'Henry's, that is not a secure connection. If you are at church, if you are at school, not a secure connection. I would rather use my own data than log into another network that I do not know because then anyone can access anything through my Bluetooth and my Wi-Fi on my phone. The second part of browsing safely means don't share info to an app iPhone changed the rules when they allowed you to decide if you want your information, your activity to be be tracked across apps. Game changer. Facebook literally flipping out because now they can no longer track your movements from app to app to app. So when you have a phone that asks you, do you want your activity tracked? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, I would go into my personal settings and turn off microphone and camera access for every app unless it's absolutely required. Now, we post on Instagram and Facebook from our phones, so I do have to be able to access my phone for Instagram and Facebook. I do not need to access my camera images for Google Maps. Ridiculous. You do not need to have access to your images or to your microphone 
for an app like, oh, and a game or a Excel spreadsheet. Seriously, pay attention to what has access to your microphone and your camera. It will save you heartache in the long run. And the last part of browsing safely, don't log in with social media accounts like Facebook. Okay, why is that? Because if you use Facebook to log in, it tracks across whatever you're doing. Anytime you use an application to sign in to something and you don't create a unique sign in with your email and a unique password, you are giving permission to whatever social media platform that you have used to sign in. You're giving them permission to access all that information. It's just a nightmare. Please stop. And I know it's easy because that's why they do it. Hey, do you want to sign in with your email? Or you just want to click this Facebook button. I know it's easy. Do not do it. It's tempting, low-hanging fruit, but don't do it. Okay, number seven. Since we're already talking about um, the devil and Facebook, do not take quizzes online. So many reasons, but the main reason, your responses can actually get information for hackers to use for security questions. They can they will ask you fun stuff like, what kind of dog are you? They may ask you your, your dog's name. How many security questions are your dog's name? A lot of them. How many security, the street you grew up on can be a security question. Mother's maiden name can be a security question. Pet names, all this fun information that you're filling out and you're giving up freely because you want to find out which Disney princess you are is now accessible to whoever made that app. And I promise you, it is not coming through Facebook, which is relatively secure. It's coming through a third party user who's going to either sell your information or use it to hack your account later. Be super careful about those quiz. You will never find that on my Facebook page ever, ever. And if you take those quizzes and you get to the end and it says you have to agree to their terms and conditions to post your results, again, you are stepping into a hornet's nest because you're giving them permission to access your information. Just don't do it. Okay. Number eight, be careful what you download or click on, especially if you're on a PC. If you're on a PC, you absolutely need to have really great security software. You need to have really great information that will keep you safe. Macs are a little bit better because they're less likely to have viruses and that kind of thing. But you do need to learn how to spot fake emails and websites. And let me give you some examples of that. We had a very frantic email from a client this week that said, our page has been suspended. Our Facebook page is blocked. So I went and of course, there's a link in the email that says, click this link to rectify. Absolutely do not click the link. The first thing I did was go and look at their account notifications on FaceReal. If you're really having an issue with your Facebook account, you're going to get a Facebook notification and you're going to get an email from Facebook, not a text, an email from Facebook to the email account you use to log in. So if you don't use your Gmail account to log into Facebook and that's where you got the notification, it's fake. When we looked a little bit deeper, I went and looked at the notifications on the client's page. Yes, there's this big yellow flashing warning, warning your account's been marked for deletion and it's blocked. But it was a post from a spammer who had tagged a bunch of different businesses. So it looks like a notification from actual Facebook. But if you if you look at the notification, it's really a post that they made tagging different businesses in the comments so that people would flip out and click the link again. And it takes, once it takes you off of Facebook, you're no longer safe. 
Also, you want to make sure that the account information is correct. So you want to check and see, is it actually from Facebook.com? Is it actually from Amazon? I got another notification this morning. My Amazon, your Amazon is not secure. Amazon was not spelled correctly. Big indicator that it's not correct. Okay, so aside from, and I do definitely want to give you guys examples. So we had the whole issue this week with the Facebook notification that the page was blocked. Okay. My, and my mom's gotten these, t- every person I know has gotten a text that says your Hulu account is suspended. Your Netflix account is suspended. Your Amazon, there's trouble with your payments on Amazon. Everybody has gotten some of something like that in the last 30 days. Again, they're not going to text you. They're going to email you. And before you respond, before you click on any link, check the email that it's from. If it's from um, Amazon, A-M-A-Z-N, it's not Amazon. If it's going to an email you do not use to log in, it is not the right account. If it is anything that is not exactly, because I can, I mean, I can sit down and make an email that looks like it's from Facebook, but I can't make it from facebook.com. So make sure that no matter how authentic it looks, check who it's from to verify that it's correct. And what do you do if you do all of that and you check and the email is correct and it's somebody you know, and they're sending you, this happened to me this week. Um, last week, got an email from a client that said, hey, I'm having some trouble with my Amazon account. Can you help me? It is not unusual for me to get requests for people to help them with their accounts online. I said, of course, what do you need? Because it is definitely my client's email. And the client said, I can't seem to use my Amazon account. Can you purchase a gift card for me? Sure, absolutely. You just send me that money to PayPal and I'll take care of that for you. And while I'm responding to that email, I called my client and said, hey, your Gmail's been hacked. She said, yes, I know. I've had several people tell me, okay, well, get in there immediately and change your password. Lock it down with two-step verification so you can keep them from trying to spam or um, scam your friends and family out of money by letting them think that it's you. Another popular scam right now, especially for seniors, uh, scammers are getting smarter. Seniors last year were more likely to pick up the phone and answer and get something like, pretending to be a family member. Hey, your nephew is in prison and he needs this money wired to him for bail. Or, hey, this person needs money. They're getting a lot more savvy to the phone scam. So now they're shifting to online because it's easier to dress it up and make it look like it's from Facebook or Netflix. So just be super careful. And if you're in doubt, go look it up. Look it up on Snopes.com and find out if there's a scam that looks like that that's happening in your area. Okay, number nine, only purchase from secure sites. If you're going to purchase from something online, you need to verify that it is actually that company's website. Again, you get Facebook ads for fake stuff all the time. A friend of mine made an order for a pair of shoes from Facebook. It was not, in fact, from the vendor that it claimed to be from. And as soon as you click on the link and it takes you to a secondary site, you know it's fake. You know it's not the right thing. It doesn't matter if it says Reebok on the ad. If you click on it and it's not Reebok.com, it's not Reebok. And they'll just take your money or send you a a product that's not as good as the original product. So how do you avoid some of that? Well, first, uh, and ideally, if you're shopping online, don't ever use your debit card. It's a lot. It can be a lot more difficult to recover information and recover funds 
if it's on a debit card. Use a secure credit card make or PayPal. PayPal is also pretty secure. Only purchase from sites starting with HTTPS. That means they're secure and they have that padlock. Again, a great reason to use Chrome because if it's a secured website, that little padlock will show up in the upper left-hand corner of the URL telling me that it is in fact a secure site and it's legit. And make sure, of course, it's the actual company. Once you click through, if you're looking, again, if you're looking for Reebok.com and it goes to Reebok, R-E-E-B-O-O-K, not Reebok. Check it and make sure. Okay, I think we've got a couple of questions from Instagram. Okay, just checking. I don't want to miss anything. Okay, number 10, and this is our last one. You need to watch out for fake profiles and report them when you see them. And I know this happens a lot, almost on the daily. You'll get a friend request from someone you know in real life. Check in first before you accept that friend request. Check and see if you're already friends. Because a lot of times people will just steal the information, make a new account, and then ask you for information or ask you for whatever they need from you to scam you. So first and foremost, check and see if it's a duplicate. If it's a duplicate, report it immediately. Let Facebook know this account is fake, this account. And there are still scammers who will send a request to people and ask to be your friend. If you don't know them, if they're not in this country, be careful. Pay attention to where they are. And I would highly, especially on Facebook, don't connect with people you don't know in real life. If they have 200 connections, they share 200 connections with you, that's a little bit different. You might know them through someone and that's fine. I would still go to the person who knows them, check their account and see if it's a duplicate account. If it is a duplicate, please, for the love of Pete, report it to Facebook and famous people. This is becoming more and more prevalent where people will pretend to be famous people so they can talk to seniors in particular, but no one is exempt from that scam. They will talk to Um, seniors to scam them out of money. I promise you, Kid Rock does not need your $1,500. He's doing fine without your money. And also probably a good chance you're not actually dating. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, You've got to be careful. And scammers and spammers are getting more and more savvy in how they reach out to people. And the emails that they're using to scam you look more and more authentic. So you have to be vigilant in checking the emails, checking the websites to make sure that it's actually who it says it is. And if you're in doubt, ask a friend. The two of you might be able to figure it out or ask your, if you're a senior, maybe ask your son or daughter, but ask someone else. And if you really want to look it up, you can always get on snopes.com. And if they are calling on the phone, anyone, the IRS is never going to call you. Netflix is not going to call you anything like that. You want to verify the identity and reach back out to them. I'm not giving you that information. You give me the phone number and I'm going to call you back to make sure you are who you say you are. And before I call back, you better bet I'm going to Google that phone number and make sure it's the company that who says that who they are. There are different ways to verify that. Just always be on the lookout. Okay, that is it for me today. Please join us back next week when we, what are we talking about next week? Next week, we are talking about social media updates, new trends, new players, new things on different platforms that you need to know for 2023. Um, Chat GPT is going to be a major topic for next week. So if you've been hearing that term thrown around and you want to learn more about it, join us next Wednesday at 10 a.m. where we 
go live, of course, every morning at 10 a.m. And until then, I'm happy to answer your questions. You can leave a comment, send a direct message. That's what we're here for. So until next Wednesday morning, I'm Karen Taradis and I'm here to help. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for the Social University Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media at Stay Social U. That's the letter U. And we will talk to you next week. Remember, you've got this.